0: The following podcast is brought to you by MassInSports.com, your home for Orioles and Nationals baseball. Hey, Oriole fans, and welcome to the latest edition of Yard Work alongside Orioles beat writer Steve Molesky. I'm Brian Eller. Steve, how you doing, man? How's it going, Brian? Doing good. Yeah, good. Um, You know, I think our our first edition last week went pretty well. We had some nice comments on the blog there, so we're happy to to keep it going for fans and talk about uh, the latest in Orioles baseball, so... um, I think let's take a look back at what the Orioles have done since our last episode. Uh, played five games, three and two record. They took three out of four from the Tigers. Mm-hmm. Dropped the opener to Seattle after the off day last night. Um, and I think it's kind of the three and two mark where if you're a glass full kind of guy, half full kind of guy, you're happy to see a winning record and the fact that they took you know three or four from the Tigers in that series. Meanwhile, if you're a glass half empty kind of guy, you kind of look at that mark and say, well. They started out 3-0. and They've now dropped the last two, especially Sunday's loss where they have the lead going into the eighth inning. Darren O'Day gives up the back-to-back home runs. Very uncharacteristic right. of him. And then, of course, Tuesday night's opener against the Mariners where they lose 10 nothing. Hard to take any positives away from that. So how's your glass this morning, Steve? How are you <laughs> half empty, half full? What are you looking at?
1: I mean, I think you always have to look at baseball in a bigger picture than one game or one series. As you know, we take it day by day and we write stories about the game. And as we tape this, the last game was a 10 nothing loss, which was one of the worst losses of the year for the Orioles. But in a bigger picture, uh, just recently, they achieved uh, something pretty amazing. A second seven-game winning streak in the first 35 games of the year. And, and the stat that, Brian, that some people put out, which amazed me, was from 2000 through 2015, the Orioles had a total of two seven-game winning streaks. That's 16 years. That's 2,500 games. This year, in 35 games, they had two seven-game winning streaks. So that's remarkable, and uh, you can't count on that. But the, the stat I like for the Orioles right now is they're 8, 3, and 1 in series. Okay. Keep winning series. If you win that percentage of series for six months, you will very much probably be a playoff team because you're going to win a lot of games. Two out of three, three out of four, two out of three. You're going to lose occasionally one out of three. You don't want to get swept. Sweeps are rare, but you just keep cranking out those series victories and at the end of the road, you're going to like where you are, right? And that's one thing, you
0: know, we're kind of at a disadvantage with, you know, our podcast format is doing these week to week. Well, we really only take a look at those week to weeks. Obviously, like you said, we're going to take a step back, look at those big pictures. And I'll never forget somebody once said, you know, in baseball, all you really need to do every week is go four and three, or you know, one game above 500. And by the time the season's over, well, you might be 20 games over 500, and most of the time, that's going to put you in a real good spot, atop the division, and certainly the postseason. And it's 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 kind of weird to step back and 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 think about that because you just take a look at a mark like four and three or five and two, and you say, okay, that's good, but not great. You know, there's some some concerns, but that consistency, like you said, it's about taking those series. Not just the individual, you know, day-to-day games that'll right. that'll end up in those
1: those good records. And what what the seven and 0 start that the Orioles got off to did for the team was so much because it bankrolled seven games above five hundred. You've played a week, right? And so if you go eight and twelve you're still over you 500. Got, you got some cushion. You play, and the Orioles did. They played about two or three weeks where they were a couple games under 500, but they were near the top of the division because of that great 7-0 run. And then fans will say to me, well, Steve, but they're only 9-11 and in the last 20 games. It's going to be... but." But even the best teams will have some 9-11 and 11 stretches probably over a 20-game sample that we could pull out in July, in August, in May. Especially early in the year when yeah. they're still figuring
0: out the lineups. You're figuring out the team chemistry with the new guys. This is a team that you know had quite a bit of turnover.
1: So, yeah, I would expect right. that little bit of a slide, especially early in the April and May months. Yeah. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. And, and I also hear this. Well, they're playing the tigers who are struggling you have to win that series well you don't have to win that series and sometimes you won't win that series right but baseball is filled with examples of a real of team playing 600 ball losing a series to a team playing 400 ball because it happens right and so um you just as i said crank out series wins take it in a in a big picture sometimes we look at it in a small sample that's fine too but um it's 162 games, what you're going to be judged on, right. not seven this week or a series with the Tigers or, or the upcoming series with Team Whatever. Uh, so uh, it's it's uh, to me, baseball is a fascinating stories of a lot of chapters sure. that make for a big book. And it's a long book. at the end book. of the year, we've got this book. But uh, I, I like to see how it unfolds along the way, the ups and downs. A guy who's not playing now, maybe the hottest hitter on the team in two weeks. Right. Uh, the fans want uh, not to start. And then two weeks from now, they may be, why didn't he start? So that's the ebb and flow of a baseball season. You're sort of damned if you do, damned if you don't, you know,
0: with with things like that. And I think for me one of the the high points from you know this past week taking that small sample size was thursday's opener against the tigers you know Amenez got the start uh, He was a little shaky and he even acknowledged after the game he fell right from the very first batter that, you know, his, his stuff, he wasn't feeling completely comfortable there with his command. Right. Uh, so the Orioles get down, they get down, I think it was 5 nothing at that time, and they end up rallying to win that opener, I think it was 7-5, and they don't do it with the long ball. They put together a string of singles, I think Scope had that, you know, triple, RBI triple there, mm-hmm. and it, that was kind of refreshing to see and really encouraging because up until this point, the Orioles have, you know... Been that home run hitting team, and that's been their mark. And right, that yeah, it's a fair stereotype to put on them because my gosh, you look at the lineup, and there's just so much power one through nine. But it was really nice to see them not only come from behind, but get that win using the small ball, if you will. Because yeah. this is the home runs are not going to be there every night, right? They're going to go through periods depending yeah. on the park or the pitcher that they face or the weather. The home runs are not always going to be there, and it was nice to see them get a win when they didn't have to rely. On home runs well they
1: have a very good record in close games uh, in one and two run games uh, the Orioles are 12 and seven and so that's another positive you look at for this team because uh, historically uh, you can't always say this but often, Teams that have won those 92, 95, 98 games, they're pretty good in extra innings. They're pretty good in close games. Those games that hang in the balance to the seventh and eighth inning, you pull out more of them than you don't. And so we're seeing them do that. Um, They're not going to be a small ball team because they don't have a lot of players that can do that. But the guys who can, like Rickard, well I think we're starting to see that evolve more with Joey Rickard. He wall, his uh, on base is three fifty in May, it was three hundred in April. So that's a big difference. We're seeing he leads the team in pitches per plate appearance. You like that out of your leadoff hitter. Absolutely. He's working a lot of deep counts. So um, Buck likes to say, bring what you bring. Chris Davis can't bring small ball. Joey Rickard can bring small ball. So it all kind of adds up into a, hopefully what's a good lineup that is mostly consistent. Have you been more impressed with Rickard's bat or his glove so far? Yeah, I'll tell that's, you what, a that's, <laughs> that's a tough call. That's a tough call. You know, one thing that impressed me was he recently went through a stretch of about two to three weeks where he was hitting under 200, mm-hmm. and I think the easy assumption from some fans and maybe even those of us in the media was, well, he's a roll 5 pick. They finally caught up to him. Picture's begin- to him. Yeah, here's yeah. the beginning of this kid's slide. Well, he immediately turned that around and he started to hit a little better. And so he's not hitting 300 anymore. He's not hitting 350 as he once was. But he's trending up a little bit. He's making a lot, as you said, a lot of good plays in the field. Another great one the other night against the right field wall. Mm-hmm. So good to see him just kind of you know, get into the long flow of the season. He's got tremendous veteran support. They're helping him every way they can. And um, this kid's doing pretty good. Yeah, he seems to be serving his role as the guy at top of the order,
0: letting you know stretching those at bats out getting the other hitters behind him a chance to see what the starting pitcher has you know in their arsenal and like you mm-hmm. said he's taking advantage and and despite that little bit of a slump where i think we kind of thought yeah all right pitchers are sort of getting used to this guy now well now he's kind of said okay i'm now making my adjustments to your adjustments pitcher so now it's kind of in that that chess match you know exactly. he's playing he's playing along very well so that's certainly nice to see um so, Steve, let's talk about Sunday uh, in the season f- series finale against the Tigers. Again, the world's had the lead going in. Um, Darren is on the mound, one-run lead. I think most fans are feeling pretty good in that situation. You know, O'Day's certainly been solid the entire season. Um, yeah. And all of a sudden, it's... A, there's a controversial non-strike call and a check swing uh, would have been a strikeout. Would have been the final out of the eighth inning. Obviously the Orioles would have come up to bat. Um, probably brought Britton in for the ninth. Instead, he gets another pitch. Next pitch, home run, tie game. The next batter, I think Miguel Cabrera, another home run, and all of a sudden now the Orioles are down. And I know it's it's one game, it's one loss. They still took the seri- you know, season series there, the you know, the series there, three out of four. But for some reason, man, some losses are tougher to, to swallow than others, and that just seemed like a real punch in the gut, you know. Especially the way that that oh, yeah. transcribed, especially late in the game.
1: Well, you don't see the Orioles give it up in the eighth or ninth very often, or Day of Britain, and so it was uh, first of all unusual to see that happen. It was second, all unusual, to hear Darren's postgame comments, mm-hmm. uh, where he kind of ripped into the first base umpire Mark Wagner. He said he embarrassed himself. He felt clearly. Uh, J.D. Martinez went around for strike three, didn't get that call. And so... Um, Were you surprised by that? Were you surprised was, by his candidate? I was surprised by that. And I think Darren uh, is, is about the smartest guy in there, so he knew, I think, if I'm going to say this, it's going to get me a fine, possibly a suspension. Right. And so he kind of put himself in harm's way there, but I guess he felt so strongly about it that he wanted to make the comments. And, again, this guy, you can't trick Darren into a day into saying what he doesn't want to. Not that we would ever do that. Sure. But, I mean, he's going to tell you what's on his mind or not tell you what's on his mind per per how he feels. So that was unusual. We talked to him yesterday, asked him, have you heard from MLB yet? He said no, but he did say I expect to. So he I think he knows something's coming from uh, the MLB offices in New York. It would be tough if it's a suspension. You don't want to go without O'Day for any stretch, even a game. So, um, do you see and, a suspension coming? I see a fine. I, I, I don't know if they're going to go to the level of suspension. I, but. I thought, uh, I'm in the minority in the media thinking possibly there's a suspension when you said an umpire embarrassed himself. Right. I think that's going to, those still quotes are going to be seen in New York, but it may just be a fine. Um, and so in the bigger picture, I think MLB's got to look at these check swings and mm-hmm. whether, uh, you can't, uh, look at a replay on every one games would take four hours, There's so many in a game. But maybe maybe it comes under a challenge. Maybe that's where an umpire could challenge that call like he can challenge a play at first base. And if an umpire if a manager has a challenge available and you could have used it on that play, the Orioles are in the dugout with a one run lead because right. I think on review they would have called him out on strike. So in a in a little bit, if you're a Tiger fan, you're saying that sour grapes sure. by the Orioles. We you gave Darren O'Day gave up home runs. Exactly. He, he could have come back and get outs. We've seen him do that many times. So and he said that too. I blew the game. Lost in his comments was Darren said, I blew it. I I'll take it. The loss is on me. So which was much to his credit right. that he didn't blame the umpire for that. He threw the pitches. So that was a tough loss and uh but I kn- I think the Orioles fans know over All this full season, they'll see Darren O'Day not do that very often.
0: Right. Um, Let me ask you, Steve, how worried are you about Ubaldo Um, it's
1: He's so inconsistent that you almost expect to see it. Right. And and I think the concern is that last year they found a delivery with him that he was getting more locked in, he was more consistent. I think the concern is not only um, is he struggling, but... I think he's walked four in a game five times already. I mean, that's just too many. That's upping your pitch count. That's too many base runners. It's too much pitching out of the stretch. And I wish I had the answer. He wishes he had the answer. Buck wishes he had the answer to get this guy more consistent. And, I mean, the other night was frustratingly maddening for Oriole fans who saw him throw 34 pitches in the first, then throw 34 pitches over the next three innings. Exactly. That
0: was the point I was going to bring up. It's not the inconsistencies from start to start. It's inning to inning. It, and, it's batter to batter and, sometimes.
1: Yeah. So I, I we've seen it so long with Yuvaldo that I think you have to come to the conclusion that's kind of who he is. Right. And what you hope for, for the good of your team, is that he becomes a little more consistent, as we've seen him do, over the first half of last year, over the last half when he was with Cleveland before he signed here. Right. But then again, the second half last year, he was not that good. So uh, if you care as much, I mean, I think he's a guy you can pull for. This guy wants to be good, but right now the inconsistency is really an issue. Yeah, and I know fans are saying, you know,
0: let's get rid of him, no longer want him in the rotation. Well, that's that's not a likely possibility. Again, he's he's guaranteed uh, a lot of money Um you right. know, the rest of his contract. There is the option for you know maybe when Gallardo comes back and rejoins the rotation, it's it's not Wilson or Wright that gets bumped, but maybe Jimenez to the to long relief position or something like that. I don't yeah. see that happening. Um, I think, they, again, there's too much invested in, in Jimenez, and he does show those periods where he can be an effective starter. Uh, it, it could happen. I don't see that being the case with Gyarda bumping Jimenez out.
1: But yeah, it's I don't see it happening in the short term either. Yeah. I don't think right now they have anyone. Uh, they have certainly some good pitching prospects, but mm-hmm. I'm not sure they're ready to bring Chris Lee right. or David Hess or someone from AAA, McFarland, and put him in the rotation right this minute. But right. they have some options to look at down the road. In the present day, in the next couple of weeks, I think Obaldo will go back out there and try to get it together. And he's liable to do what he did a couple starts ago. Eight innings, two runs, exactly. Look like a Cy Young winner. Uh, it, it, we know that's probably coming, too, because mm-hmm. that's a part of this up-and-down nature. You're going to get some ups in there. And so that's just where they are with him right now.
0: Sure. Um, so let's let's kind of talk about—I know some fans have talked about the possibility of giving Mark Trumbo an extension, a contract extension already— um, Again, I think most people, you and I, would agree it's a little too soon for that. We're very happy to see the production that he's been, yeah. uh, you know, the kind of season he he's been having. Um, but I think if you take a look at the numbers, and I think uh, Rock Kabatko made a note of this uh, the other day talking about Trumbo is his his average and his statistics uh, historically have dipped as the season goes down. He's a career two eighty four hitter in April, career two eighty hitter in may both of which are very good numbers mm-hmm. well of course we've only seen mark and in an orioles uniform in april and may right uh, you know june it drops way down to 216 july a little bit back up to 252 and august and september around the two thirty two forty range so the numbers drop again is that you know a telltale sign of what's going to happen this year uh, maybe maybe not but i think i at least on a personal note i want to see a little bit larger sample size um facing more al east opponents facing more uh you know different parks different time for trumbo before get on board with the hey you know what, let's, no, get, let's throw the money in this guy. i
1: agree with you there and i mean so, some fans were saying on the radio this morning and i think they're right and it's probably true of all fans in all cities that uh we overhyped the players doing well and we're under hyper, let's get rid of the players doing poorly. Oh, it's of course that ebb and flow, of course. Uh, as soon as Trumbo has two good weeks, you got to resign this guy today. But you're right, they don't have to resign him today, and they're not going to, I don't think. But that doesn't mean as the season goes on and if they see what they really like, that they can't look at that. I mean, the Orioles have to think uh, in a big picture here, two, three years down the road. Manny, what's going to happen with Manny? Jones is up 2018, Tillman. If he's back to being more consistent, Chris, uh, he's. Right. He, what are all, you going to do with all him? players you want to keep in Baltimore? scope? Gosman. So I think all these guys. I'm not putting them ahead of Trumbo, but maybe in the packing. Maybe they. Are, you got to think of all this. So if you go multi year for Trumbo right now, what does that mean to your revenue and your and your and your uh, budget for 2017, 2018, 2019 when you hope to have some of these other guys under contract too? Right. So uh, unless you're the teams that have unlimited budgets uh, when there are so few, you, you can't sign everybody. Right. I mean, you, it's a good problem to be in when you have too many guys that are up and you, you just can't keep them all. But the Orioles are going to try, and it's going to start with guys like Manny and Tillman and Gosman and Trumbo will be in there somewhere. But I think right now, multi-year for Trumbo is probably not on their top burner. Right. Not because he hasn't done anything great, because he's done a lot great. Sure, sure. And I think I always...
0: When I explain things to to my wife, who's not the biggest sports fan, or people maybe don't know sports, I always like the analogy of you know if you're playing video games and you're you're building a character and you got you only have a certain amount of uh, points to give to different attributions and power and strength and things like that. Well, not every category is going to be filled. You have to balance out those things. It's the right. same thing when you're talking about a budget and running a ball club. You can't throw all this money at this one guy who's having a great year so far because you have to think not only this season, but you have to think those couple years in advance when yeah. these guys become free agents, and that's when they're going to demand, yeah, and rightfully so, the
1: money. Trumbo's $9 million this year, so if he were to get a three-year deal right now, I mean, that could be $40, $50 million exactly. or something you're absolutely. talking it's about. Not the league minimum there. That's that's not chump change. Oh, absolutely. So, uh, you know, you're also looking at a player you know is, is not a plus defender. And you're trying to work around that. And he's been he's been okay out there. He's done some good things. He's had some adventures as well. And so all this sounds like we're knocking the guy. We're not knocking him at all. Oh, not, he, he's absolutely been, not. Uh, if it wasn't for Manny, he'd be the star of the show here. He's right. having, a, as you said last week, he's having a great year that's been overshadowed by this kid at third base who's right. having a phenomenal year. Right. But he's been fantastic for the Orioles. He's earned all the props he's getting. But in the big picture, when they start divvying up that pie, they got to see... How no, that's all gonna work out. It's
0: Nine million a year. That's almost about what you make a year, right, Steve? That, you know, just just a that little is, bit shy.
1: That is close. Yeah. I mean he's in my he's in my league. So right. that's uh, you know, I give him credit we'll, we'll for that. We'll give him a little more time. A lot that's, of zeros though. Absolutely. So <laughs> so I'll tell you
0: what, we'll we'll put a little wager between you and myself, you know, a little gentleman's bet there. Um, between Trumbo and Machado, if you had to pick one versus the other, who's finishing with more home runs this season? What'd you say? Uh, Machado, Machado. Okay, I'll take Trumbo.
1: You know, so we'll see. Machado's, we'll see how that plays out. Machado has a chance to hit forty. Think so? Yep, yeah, I do. Yeah. I mean, the kid's hitting lefties. He's hitting righties. He's hitting him out the left to right. He's hitting out curveballs. He's hitting out fastballs. Um, he's just got. I I, I. I have a hard time seeing him not hit
0: forty. Not hit forty. Yep. And I think that they both have. The, they share the team lead. They both have eleven home runs as of today. Um, so that'll so be that good, be good to keep it. the other on, day. So. I
1: think the Orioles may have never had three hit thirty in a single season. I think I'm
0: right when I say that. I think <laughs> you're right. I, I mean, I always jump to the mid '90s teams with you know uh, Bonilla and Anderson and Ripken still had some power and Palmeiro. But I, yeah. I think you're right. I, th- I don't this think they ever had that come that. together. Uh, three hit thirty. Who, do you, who would you who would you put the I Machado mean, Machado, Davis, you Davis Machado, and, and, and Trumbo. And could. I know Jones has been been off to a a slow start, but at the end, I think they, they, especially as the
1: weather heats up. Scope could hit 30. I'm telling you, he's going to hit 30 at some point in his career. Right. I don't know if this is going to be the year, but what has Scope got, eight? How many has he got right let's now? Let's see. Let's take a look. I know he's been calling, especially, well, Saturday night he hit
0: he had two home runs and had that career, at five RBIs, career high. Scope's at, Scope's at seven
1: mm-hmm. right now. So he's... Yep. he's That's uh, seven and we're at the quarter pole. Absolutely. That's he's, 28. He's fourth on the team
0: in so RBIs. So can't
1: Scope w- w- was on a pace for about 30 last year, mm-hmm. playing half the year. Absolutely. I mean, this kid's going to hit 30 one year.
0: So let's take a look real quick. I know on our first episode we talked about how the lineups, the daily lineups, seem to get a lot of chatter from Oriole fans saying, okay, I like this order and let's let's move this guy. And we had some fans put comments at the end of the, the entry there about you know their lineup and what they like to see. Um, so thank you guys for, for doing that. We did get a, a little unconventional idea for a lineup, so I want to run it by you, Steve, uh-huh. and we'll see what goes on. So um, I don't know this gentleman's name, but his, his username is... PVEJR. So who knows? I'm not even going to try to oh, pronounce I know. that I know.
1: I know. Um, I think it's Pat. Pat. Okay. Is his name, I believe.
0: So, Pat, um, his idea is to have Machado in the leadoff spot, mm-hmm. followed by Trumbo, Davis, Jones as the cleanup hitter. Mm-hmm. Um, and then finishing out the lineup, you have Scope in the fifth spot, Weeders, Alvarez, Hardy, and Rickard. So, a little bit to digest there. Um, initial thoughts on that. I mean, obviously Machado is the leadoff guy. He's that. That's yeah. He can do. He, he can, can do that. He can do that. Trumbo um, at
1: two. Is, that doesn't work. That's what me. raises
0: my eyebrow. I think yeah. too. Um, you want. You want to. Obviously, the 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 role of the second hitter is to guy who's going to make contact. Hopefully, move. Machado, who got on base somehow, whether it be a walk or a hit uh, over into scoring position for your power guys. But yeah, I think Trumbo needs to be a a little bit lower
1: in that lineup. I'm not sure if you thought that was protection for Manny, but Manny's got plenty of protection, Mm -hmm. whether it's Davis, Jones, whoever. He's got good hitters all around him. And so right now, I keep Rickard at first. I'm happy with that. I'm looking at the fact that his one base is trending up. He's taking a lot of pitches. He's making pitchers work in that leadoff hole, which the Orioles haven't had a traditional leadoff hitter. He's probably the closest thing they've had for a while. And so I like Rickard there. Manny can hit first, second, third. Put Manny anywhere he can find. He's so versatile, so versatile. Uh, Second is not bad because, you know, um, uh, Rickard, you may, uh, you know, Manny may see an extra fastball or two because Rickert, who knows. But then the big thumpers come after that. I like Scope down for me. He chases some pitches, we know. His average, maybe he's never gonna be a high average guy. Mm-hmm. I love having Thump at the bottom of the order. I love when right. you had Hardy and Scope oh, eight yeah. and nine. I mean you got those those are 30 home run capable guys. Yeah. Hardy has hit 30. I know it's been a few years. So the thing that's good about the Oriole lineup with the power potential one through nine in most cases, is there's just no breathing room for mm-hmm. a pitcher. You think well. I, I can't get away with a pitch to Jones or or Davis. Uh, There's no breaks. There are no breaks. But then you get to eight and it's scope. If you hang one to that kid, look what he did with the, the hanger the other night. Uh-huh. So that's that's a good thing. It's going to wear out a lot of pitchers, especially the top pitchers will get the Orioles. There'll be guys who are the real good pitchers who you know will will beat the Orioles, mm-hmm. but. Over 160 games, you're going to face a lot of mid-rotation starters and a lot of back-end guys. That they're going to feast on, and that 264, I think, is the record for a season of home runs. That's this team could threaten that absolutely. And so um, uh, there, as the uh, the ball's not even carrying yet; it can't. No, nope. no, we haven't even. And this is a hitter's park. Make no mistake
0: about it. And, right, and, and, right. And I think one thing too with you know they have. I think Pat had Rickard in the ninth <laughs> spot. Um, like so, we talked about his ability to make those long at-bats, make pitchers work in those long counts, which means I want him to have as many at-bats as he can, so I want him at the top of the order to give against those those, especially those top-line guys, like you said even if the pitchers might have better stuff that night I want I want them to to work for it, right? I want to see them get that pitch yeah. count up, and Ricker can do that. You want those guys, like you said, I, I like the thump at the bottom of the lineup, certainly the middle of the lineup, mm-hmm. and I like the the guys who can stretch the count at the top of the lineup because I think, like you said, by the time they get through that third through third time facing that starter, even the best in the game, um, you know, yeah. I feel like the Royals have a good
1: shot. They've got good the flexibility pick. in their lineup, and I mean, Rickard, if he struggles again, which inevitably inevitably he might, some sure. others uh, always do. You know they could drop him to nine, and then you turn over the lineup over, and he's still batting ahead of Manny once you get once through the lineup. So that that could work. And that he could be one, he could be nine, uh, he could be. That's probably the two two best spots for him. And so Buck has said, Buck insists when the media asks him about lineups that guys aren't really caring much about it. But mm-hmm. guys don't come into him and want to be in the same spot every day. He's kind of found two, three, four, five with Machado. Jones, Davis, Trumbo, in yeah, some I w- order. I would agree. I mean, that's a real good murderer's row there, right, exactly. two through five. 27 That can do this, some yeah. damage, uh, and you're not even mentioning others who can. So, um, long story short, the Orioles players, it's not a big deal to them. It, Buck has some flexibility there, and uh, it's all good there. Absolutely. So,
0: so let's look ahead as we wind down here. Um, they're hitting the road. They're doing the first West Coast swing. Uh, you'll be out there. Um yeah. I guess most importantly, what, what are you doing on the road trip, man? You got any good things up Are you going out to the California. Are you going seeing any stars? Any good stuff? What's uh, what's how excited uh, you, don't are you usually to go out West? get? A,
1: I don't haven't been on the road that much, but uh, it, one good thing for me is that I'll be going in to Los Angeles a day before that series. So mm-hmm. pending when people. Listen to this. I may already be there on the a beach somewhere, right. you know, getting a tan, uh, having a co- cocktail. That's right. But um, so that's nice to be able to go out ahead of time. We don't get the luxury to do that very often. Mm-hmm. A lot of times you're traveling the day of, and that makes for about a twenty hour day from the six a.m. wake up call to get to the airport through writing your last story at midnight, probably, exactly. and then writing tomorrow's story. So, but uh, again, no complaints. Love what love what we do. It's very hectic and busy, but it'll be fun. It'll be a challenging road trip. The angels are playing a little better. Mm-hmm. They have a losing record. Astros have a losing record, but we know Houston uh, expects to be good. The Angels are playing the Dodgers as we speak. Uh, Not this minute, but they're they're, the series opponent. So that's big for them. And uh, ends in Cleveland. And Cleveland's so. got a thump. So, yeah, yeah. They're, they're, they're a Challenging road trip. And the Orioles have been 500 on the road, so mm-hmm. they haven't set the world on fire away from Camden Yard, so it'll be a challenge to see how they do. Yeah, I think they're sitting at 7-7
0: seven and seven on the year on the road, Sounds 500. Right.
1: Um, it helps they've got
0: the best home record in baseball. They, they still might, even after uh, last night's loss to Seattle, but... Um, yeah, like you said, I think I'm um, hoping the players really took advantage of that off day on Monday because this will be a daunting road trip. I mean, you can talk about time change and difference and if that has some effect, and I think it certainly does. It so, does, yes. Uh, they'll have to rebound with that. Uh, so they've got three against the Angels, three against the Astros, three against the Indians before they come home to face the Red Sox, which I'm already looking forward to because – If the standings hold, you know Tampa Bay, New York, Toronto, they're they're still they're getting things together, and they're certainly not out of it, and nobody's out of it yet. But uh, some fans are already talking
1: about that series.
0: Exactly, and I think they should be. You know, see what the road trip does. A lot can change, uh, you know, before that Memorial Day uh, series starts. But. I think it'll be certainly exciting to see. So, um, Steve, you got anything else? Any any hot topics that you're burning to talk about? not,
1: really. I mean, it's been neat. We have written some stuff about the farm recently, and there's some good starting pitching going on there. I wrote about Chris Lee the other day and and Peralta Delmarva, and and I wrote a story the other day with Gary Rasich in the draft, which is coming up. The Orioles have five of the first ninety-one picks, so I think they're excited about that. They're in the final stages of some heavy draft prep, right. and they've really they really feel good. Racich told me about how they scoured the nation this year looking for players, and uh, you know you want to try to hit on some of those high picks. They don't have a high pick; they have not till twenty-seven. It's not like the old days when nice. they had picked Manny and, 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 and five Top ten picks were guaranteed. Guys. right? Yeah, they were they were drafting in yeah. the first five or six. That's a good problem. That though, is right? a good yeah. problem. You don't want that. They're they're so. okay drafting down in the draft. That okay. means you won a lot of games exactly the year before. So. Uh. A lot is going on. There's never a dull moment in baseball, and uh, we like it that yeah, way. Yeah, and I think we'll we'll uh, we'll get to do uh, maybe a draft
0: podcast as it gets a little bit closer. Sure, sounds um, good. But for now, we'll uh, we'll sign off for now. We'll see the Orioles finish up their series with the Mariners, and then head out west, take on the Angels. And Steve will be joining them out there, so be excited to see that. Check us out on Massinsports.com. All the all the coverage online, and of course, uh, be sure to download the Yard Work podcast. Uh, for Steve Molesky, I'm Brian Eller. This is MassInsports.com yard work.